You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. This is the Mandatory Samson Podcast, Episode 5. This is one of your three hosts, Chris. I'm seated here with Joey, and I'm also joined by Andrew, or Andy, as I like to call him. Uh, we got a great episode coming up today, guys. Uh, right off the top, though, I want to throw it over to Andy for a second. He just uh, wanted to say a couple of words real quick. Uh, yeah, guys, I, um, I didn't really get a, a chance to prep too much for this episode, so... If I'm uh, if I'm not talking as much, um, I j- I lost somebody really close to me yesterday, and um, it kind of took me by surprise, took my family by surprise. So um, I, I again, I just didn't have a chance to prep too much, but um, yeah, it, it's been it's been hard. Uh, it's been a tough 24 hours, but um, all all my friends here, all my coworkers have been super supportive and uh, super helpful. So. Uh, Chris especially, which has been great, and uh, Joey was uh, really nice when we saw each other today. So, um, so that's basically it. I don't want to go into it too more, uh, too much more, and bum everybody out. But, uh, but yeah, I um, that's it. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, and again, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's fine. We don't we don't need to go into it anymore. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so if uh, you know, so if Andy's being a little quiet, you guys understand why. But yeah, he's, he's going to perk up. We got, we got some good stories to come. We're we're going to distract him a little bit. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I in the intro here, I wanted to thank everybody for their comments, their tweets, their emails, um, and thank you so much for all the iTunes ratings. That was awesome. We like flew up the charts. Uh, yeah. The new awesome guys. Charts, Thanks. Which was really fun for me to see, and I'm I'm sure you two really enjoyed that as well. Uh, we got a couple of emails and a couple of SoundCloud comments that I wanted to bring up because I really like when people like uh, participate in this conversation with us. Uh, I got an email from this guy, Matthew, and uh, it's a little bit of a longer email. He, he brought up some points from the last couple of weeks, and uh, I, I wanted to address some of them because I thought it was a, a, ni- a well-written email, and uh, I thought he brought up some good points. He goes, hey, Chris, uh, I'm a longtime listener of the TFM podcast, and I recently discovered the Mandatory Samson podcast. Well, thanks, buddy. That's great. Uh, I've enjoyed your first four episodes so far. Well, thank you. Uh, I like that you will criticize anyone, so I hope you won't mind me criticizing you for a chance. Oh, what the fuck? Uh, After listening to the fourth installment of your podcast, I had a few questions, and I would also like to say I identify as a Republican, but with mostly centrist views. First of all, awesome. That's great. I like that we get somebody that doesn't agree with me or has a different point of view uh, to write in. It's nice. Uh, He goes, anyways, back to the questions. You mentioned in the election talk that you weren't able to vote. While I do appreciate your honesty, I don't feel like it's your place to criticize the politicians and their supporters for voting for them. Uh, is it not true if you're not part of the problem? If you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh, that phrase is true. I disagree with you. Here's, here's my logic behind this. Voting is a right. You're born, you reach a certain age, uh, you get to vote. So you can choose to exercise a right or not exercise a right. And I think that potentially staying out of a system that I think is basically bankrupt at this point yeah. is uh, that is, is, is being part of the, pro- the solution. Uh, ideally I'd love to see no one in America vote because the system is rigged against average people. That's actually what I would love to see. Just like a hundred people vote. That, that'd be such an invalid uh, process. Oh, okay. I was wondering what you meant by that. Yeah. Like yeah. Nobody vote. Well, because it would be like a protest type of thing. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I get your point, and if you want to vote, that's fine. But I think if you you shouldn't just vote. Honestly, you shouldn't just vote for the sake of voting. Um, there's certain times, I guess, when a president's basically the most, in my opinion, the most important thing is when uh, there's a presidential election and the possibility of Supreme Court nominations is uh, around. Yeah, that's fair because that can really fuck up a country for a hundred years more so than oh yeah, you know, an eight year presidential term, whatever. So. That's a, you know, that's a good point, but that's my answer to that. Uh, He continues, second, on the issue of gun control, I would very much be interested to hear your opinions on the subject. I know you talked for a few moments, but I feel like I didn't completely hear your views on gun control. As for me, it is one... uh, it is one of the views that lean. Oh, it's one of his views that lean far right in his book. 
Uh, living in Texas or Oklahoma for my whole life, I feel safe knowing I can defend myself and my property whenever need be. I hope I never have to, but I know that I can at any time. Here in Oklahoma, we are one of the few states that are allowed to open carry, and I know that in both Texas and Oklahoma, you have the right to use deadly force to defend your property. I can understand how your uh, how our views may be different, being from different parts of the country, and I would be interested to hear y'all's opinion on this. And by the way, I love that he wrote the word y'all's, y'all's. in a formal email. I, really <laughs> I like do. that too. Um, this is one of those weird ones for me. I, as far as open carry, uh, to me, I think if you're walking around with a gun visibly, like just showing out of your pants or something, like it, it's almost like you're you have it there. And I think people look at it as a deterrent, but in some regards, I would assume it's probably a provocation to some people. Like, you understand what I mean? Like, if you see somebody walking around with, like, a really scary dog or something, you would assume that people are going to steer clear, and some probably would. But there are also those other crazy people that are maybe going to try to provoke that person. And I feel like it might kind of be the same thing with guns as far as the open carry thing. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, I'd just like to uh, speak on this real quick because I used to live in Missouri, and uh, I'm... Uh, I, I'm very much for uh, being able to carry, being able to own weapons and can and uh, carry weapons. But I've always been um, been more in favor of concealed carry right. than open carry. Yeah, I probably am too. I think. Um, just because I think I think it's um, important for Americans to be able to uh, to carry a weapon, but I don't think uh, it should be visible. I don't think... Yeah, because I think it's just... It, it implies a threat that doesn't necessarily need to be implied. Exactly. Know? I think it just makes... Uh, it makes people uncomfortable, especially when we're on the issue of guns, because if you're not a gun owner, you see guns as a much more threatening and uh, just... It's something you don't understand, Yeah, but there's a stereotype to it where it's a problem. So yeah, I, I think um, concealed carry is fine. You know you have it. You have it to defend yourself if need be. Everybody else doesn't need to see it. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, but I will say this, though, and this is where I probably uh, come across pretty far right on this thing. I think if somebody steps on your property, you should be able to kill them. Yep. I, do, I did, Like, if you can't feel safe in your own house, you well, know, and if having that gun makes you feel safe if somebody breaks into your house, although it's unlikely probably, but if somebody steps on your property or threatens your family... Should be able to kill him. Yep. I, I really don't have a problem with that. See, my issue with gun control is what type of gun are we talking about? Well, let's an just AK forty seven. Well, no, I don't think he's talking about an AK forty. No, yeah, it's uh, uh, when when you're talking about concealed carry or uh, open carry, it's uh, it's normally for handguns. handguns. Right, and and I'm for again, I'm uh, obviously I'm definitely for legislation against AK forty sevens and shit like that. But if yeah, if you got like a little six shot, whatever, you know, you know, it's uh, what's funny and. Um, this is this just speaks to uh, these gun control laws, and I know my parents listen to this, and they probably don't want to hear this. But when I was uh, when I was eighteen, I bought an AK forty seven for three hundred and eighty dollars. And yeah, and, uh, as much as I don't think people should do it, that's cool. As well. uh, yeah, but but the funny thing is, is uh, in Missouri at that time, and I don't know if they've changed laws since then. I don't believe they have. Right. But I was able to walk into a store. And purchase a used AK-47 for $380 with nothing but an ID saying that I was 18 years old. Because because they view it the same as me owning a, uh, a deer rifle. Right, you know, like right, right. they're both rifles. Forget that right, one is an assault weapon, yeah. and I could defend myself against a SWAT team for probably four or five hours with it. But <laughs> yeah, like, for sure, yeah. But yeah, that's how they viewed it. it. Sorry, mom and dad, you guys didn't know about that. He didn't use it. It's fine. He just had <laughs> yeah, it for I just had it at the range. Yeah, that was it. Um, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so that I mean, so there you go. I mean, that's basically my opinion on it. If you know, you could always email back if you have uh, other questions and stuff because I love hearing from you. That was great. Um, so anyway, yeah, people step on your property, kill them. Otherwise, probably. <laughs> tuck your gun into your pants and then uh, don't buy an AK-47. He uh, When you're 18. Yeah. What, Jeff? I, w- I was just going to say that in my mind, I would never want to have a gun because someone's just going to take it from me and use it against oh, me. Oh, yeah. You're a weak little bitch. They're going to take it from you and it's going to be over. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> uh, he you ended- look real jacked in your profile picture on Twitter, though. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, that was when Joey was like, I'm, I'm lifting, son. He was like really excited about it. And I was Every like, day. He looks great. He, looks, like an animal. he looks better now. He, he like slimmed down a little bit. You're like leaner. I think that's what looks good. You look good, well, Thank you, guys. Uh, this uh, Matthew ends the email with thanks for the read and much love. Enjoying the podcast. And he says, P.S., what is your affinity with people in their generations? You can't expect people to have the same views as everyone in their generation like you did with Taylor Swift and Sarah Blair. Well, here's the thing. We're going to get into Taylor Swift a little later, and I'll probably explain it a little more. Sarah Blair, actually, somebody commented on SoundCloud, so we're going to get into her in a minute. I guess you're right. I guess it's not a generational thing, but I, but I do think that um, you're either like with the people or you're with the corporations. That's kind of how my mind works, and I might be insane. I don't know. But maybe I misspoke in, in, with a generational thing, but I think it's more you're either with the old guard or you're with the new guard, not necessarily you're 18, 20, whatever. So, yeah, that might be, might be a fair criticism. I, I guess it's not a generational thing. It doesn't matter. Uh, and PPS, he says, Andrew, Taylor Swift has the voice of an angel and most definitely writes her own music. So Why was that addressed to me? Because we were talking about it last week. Oh, did I say she had a... I didn't say she had a bad voice. I just said she doesn't write her own No, you did. You said she's terrible and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't know. Well, so anyway, but that's what he's saying. She's an angel. And Joey, I think, agrees with this, yeah? She is an angel. She's an Acus princess. Well, your angel's going to fall from heaven later uh, in this podcast because I have a couple of bones to pick with old T. Swift. So, Matthew, thank you. SoundCloud comment number one that I wanted to bring up. This is from Jolie. That's how I pronounce it in my head. She um, she follows us on Twitter. She's always commenting. She's listening oh, yeah, to the episode. Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, so yeah I, thank th- you. Thank you so much. And I, I love this point that you made because when I when we brought it up, I was like, what? The, that doesn't ever make sense to me. And it's great. This is in regards to the catcalling video, that oh. stat of one in five women will be sexually assaulted. Yeah. Jolie wrote, that study that the one in five came from was about campus assault and was debunked for unethical data collection. The oh. woman who organized the study framed the questions to inflate instances of rape. If a woman answered that they'd had sex while intoxicated, they were raped, according to the study, even if they don't feel like they'd been raped. Just so you know that uh, where that little one in five argument comes in, because you'll hear it a lot. And I do hear it a lot. And I'm a lazy piece of garbage, so I didn't really do any research <laughs> on that one. But it didn't. It never sounded right because that's billions of women then are getting raped all the time, right? Yes. So that doesn't. So I don't think that could possibly be the case. I know five women that have never been raped in their life. Right. Exactly. So it doesn't make sense. So Jelly, thank you. That's awesome. And thank you. Um, you know, thank you just for being a great supporter of the show. We really, really appreciate it. We do. Now, this is a fucking... I got another one, a uh, SoundCloud comment from a guy named Roadkill Combat Koala, which I'm assuming is not his real name. Awesome name. He uh, he had a comment about the whole Sarah Blair thing, for people that don't remember uh, or didn't hear it. Last week, on the fourth episode, we talked about Sarah Blair as an 18-year-old uh, woman who was elected to the Virgin- West Virginia House of Delegates or something like that. And, um, you know, I made some comments about her um her views and whatever and you can go back and listen to it but you'll probably get the point from the email from the comment he goes what's wrong for this girl having a religious perspective so she's a shithead for that get the fuck out of here if it annoys you interview her well i'd love to interview her do you know her give her my contact information you emailed me let's hear from her let's hear it oh he says let's hear from her yeah exactly uh, as for her education, because I think we talked about the fact that maybe she doesn't get the experience or the her point of view challenged by not going to college because she isn't right now. Um, most of these politicians are so out of touch. One would think they might have been raised in a cave. Yes, possibly. I don't, I guess. Like the allegory of the cave. Then he, then he says lay terrorist activity in Congress, eat more jello. That, I don't know what that means. Uh, that's- Andy? i.e. terrorist activity not later <laughs> what an asshole i am see this guy's arguing with me and i don't even know what the hell's going on and i don't know what he means by eat more jello i don't know what that maybe means. kool-aid maybe i don't know but i will say this so now going back to the sarah blair thing she has anti-gay marriage anti-abortion like pro-business pro-fracking views and we had we spoke about whether she was going to receive attention for her views or for her age. And I found an article just by typing her in. It says, from the classroom to the Capitol, America's youngest lawmaker is all about ideas. Is she really, this is my point, is she really all about ideas? She go as a young conservative woman, the article says, she's eager to give a new face to her party. During both the primary and general elections, Blair ran a self-described, quote, pro-life, pro-jobs, pro-family campaign. She rejects the idea of a war on women 
and notes that conservatives have always welcomed me with open arms and supported me along the way. Yeah, of course, because you sound like everybody's like 50-year-old conservative dad or uncle or whatever. That's not idea. Those aren't new ideas. That's insane. So this is my point. She's going to get this type of attention for her out of, in my opinion, out of date uh, ideology. And, and I commented on the SoundCloud because he goes, what's wrong with her having a religious perspective? Nothing. Yeah, the, I saw that. But the problem is when you get into a legislative position, I'm entitled not to have a religion and she can't start making laws then based on her religious beliefs because there's no proof there's a God. There's no proof your religion is correct and all that nonsense. So then you're legislating off of shit that you believe that isn't real, you know, and you're hurting people's lives. So that's the point. She can have a religion. That doesn't bother me. God bless you. Enjoy it. Yeah. So basically all it comes down to is old ideas new packaging that's it oh absolutely and that that's exactly that's what we were saying last week we were right about that but the but the thing is she's gonna get this fucking attention because she's an 18 year old yeah but even though her ideas sound like she's a 65 year old and that's kind of what i meant by the generational thing you know um oh by the way our crazy friend joni ernst Mm -hmm. she was uh front and center in a little press conference the other day she wasn't saying anything but somebody mitch mcconnell was talking she was standing right next to him so we're gonna see a lot more of that crazy bitch that was a lot of fun Remember Joni Ernst? Yep. Yeah. Jesus. All right. Well, so anyway, so those are the comments and the emails we got. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, send me emails. I don't care if you disagree with me or whatever. Oh, also, I, I got to say this. I got a Snapchat the other day. Uh, this dude, I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if he wanted me to share it, but he sent me a Snapchat and he was like, listen to the Mandatory Samson podcast. Love it. And I was like, awesome. That was very cool. I'm not going to respond to Snapchats unless they're awesome, like <laughs> boobs or whatever. Or dicks. Uh, uh, yeah, or dicks. Massive ones, though, yeah, only. Only. Uh, I don't really use Snapchat, but if you guys want to send me snaps, go crazy. I'm not going to tell you my name, but I bet you can figure it out. Um, <laughs> all right, so here we go. So that was a good intro, I think. Um, Joe, you got any thoughts on any of these emails, comments, anything? No, I, I think it's fantastic that we're hearing from you guys, and I th- and we thank you. Right. Okay. So the first uh, topic I wanted to bring up, and this is something we talked about, I think, even in the first episode, uh, Barack Obama, our president, has doubled U.S. troop levels for the war against ISIS in Iraq. It went from 1,500 to 3,000 now fighting Iraq at a, um, at a cost of $5.6 billion, which no. I don't fucking understand how that could cost 5.6 billion dollars but i think it's like the bombing campaigns and stuff like that but that's a fuckload of money um now obama initially said he was not going to put any boots on the ground then we had 1500 now we have 3000 and uh general martin dempsey came out yesterday and he publicly stated that he thinks that we should just disregard what obama is saying and put a lot more troops on the ground to fight isis and like we talked about over the last couple of weeks I mean, it's not palatable to think of sending more troops into Iraq. But again, if you sent instead of 3,000, you sent 100,000 troops in, you could probably take out ISIS pretty quickly and then get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to add good. anything else to that? <laughs> Thanks, Joey. No. This, this harkens back to the old backyard buddy days where I'd talk for 10 minutes and Joey would be like, eh. And that was the end of the whole conversation. What, what do you, you got any thoughts about this? Yeah, no, I was just going to say uh, I completely agree. If we wanted to uh, to go in and just stop them flat out and just basically end this thing altogether, right? Maybe right. Maybe a good, like because we because everybody's so excited about American muscle and we have the strongest military and whatever. It's like yes. well, a good old show of force here would probably work better because it's totally different from when we went in for regime change in Iraq and we go into the quagmire that is Afghanistan. This is a different thing because nobody in the region even really likes ISIS. Right, like, Iran doesn't like ISIS. They're I, they're willing to work with us. I feel like this is the time. Oh to, yeah, to do that. Like we we did it at the wrong time before, but now it's like uh, maybe like maybe it's time to redeem ourselves and uh, and step in and just take care of this once and for all. Right, I, I'm viewing it as this is a possibility for us to really go in and just stop this irritating group of just end Nazis. It. Yeah, just, just we can put it, it out right now. Well, also the other thing too, I think we have to do is continue to build the schools in the area. So that no, way, see, but this is this is the thing. This is fucking nation building. We don't need to be nation building. You go in, you cut the cancer out, and you go. You figure yeah. it out. That was the problem with Iraq to begin with. We go in, we topple Saddam pretty easily because we do have a superior military. But we disband the Republican Guard, which is idiocy. That they all go back to their regular tribal regions, their religious groups, and it caused essentially a civil war and the vacuum creates isis we don't need to help them build their country if they want to figure it out 
let them figure it out. But we could probably go in and lop the head off of ISIS pretty fucking quickly if we sent in a significant amount of troops. I'm not saying we should, but it would work. No, but that's the thing. We don't need to be over there rebuilding their uh, their government or their country. No, we just need to, we need to go in stop this fucking militant group and and just be done. Be right. like, here, we took care of it for you. You guys didn't have the military force to do so. We do. We helped you out. That's it. Right. Uh, enjoy rebuilding. Absolutely. And and it's my two-step solution to fixing this whole thing is then you really empower the Kurds. Again, we talked about the Kurds. They're a Muslim group, but they're not extreme at all. They're very Western. They're very uh, democracy-oriented. The Women fight with them. It's like they're a very uh, progressive group. It, go in fucking wipe out isis and then empower the kurds and be like you guys should really have your own country here break up iraq there's no reason to even have iraq as a full country like that nobody gets along there yeah i'd like if uh we could empower kurds in this country can't have poutine over here they have it in canada i really uh i really I love wish to. a little fries a little gravy and oh, mozzarella mm. hello uh all right so that's good um the next thing this is uh something that i think is awesome that obama came out he uh is urging the strongest possible rules to protect net neutrality and basically what net neutrality is that all websites will be treated equally there won't be um the ability for like uh, any any cable company verizon whatever to put a premium on say a netflix where the traffic to netflix and the bandwidth would be staggering but then you want to go to joey's tumblr and it's ex- extreme that's probably not a great example but it's like extremely slow and it's, yeah. it's like a fast lane and a slow lane that's insanity and that's something that we really have to avoid in this country the internet in my opinion there should be a constitutional amendment that makes the internet a right uh because you can't realistically be a uh, an informed person without the internet today it's just a reality so i brought a clip of obama it's like two minutes of him talking about net neutrality and i think it's worth listening to so let's hear what uh the 44th president of the united states has to say about this issue hold on i'm just gonna start over i skipped ahead god damn it you know what obama you're really pissing me off this guy hi everybody ever since the internet was created it's been organized around basic principles of openness, fairness, and freedom. There are no gatekeepers deciding which sites you get to access. There are no toll roads on the information superhighway. This set of principles, the idea of net neutrality, has unleashed the power of the internet and given innovators the chance to thrive. Abandoning these principles would threaten to end the internet as we know it. That's why I'm laying out a plan to keep the internet free and open. And that's why I'm urging the Federal Communications Commission to do everything they can to protect net neutrality for everyone. They should make it clear that whether you use a computer, phone, or tablet, internet providers have a legal obligation not to block or limit your access to a website. Cable companies can't decide which online stores you can shop at or which streaming services you can use. And they can't let any company pay for priority over its competitors. To put these protections in place, I'm asking the FCC to reclassify internet service under Title II of a law known as the Telecommunications Act. It's very exciting. We'll get into it. In plain English, I'm asking them to recognize that for most Americans, the internet has become an essential part of everyday communication and everyday life. Totally. The FCC is an independent agency, and ultimately this decision is theirs alone. But the public has already commented nearly four million times asking the FCC to make sure that consumers not the cable company, gets to decide which sites they use. Americans are making their voices heard and standing up for the principles that make the Internet a powerful force for change. As long as I'm president, that's what I'll be fighting for, too. All right. So that's great. I I really love that he came out and said that. Um, That's a great, that's a progressive point of view. That's good. The Internet needs to be regulated the same way when uh, the phone became a a national thing where they, they could, like, limit you know, set prices mm-hmm. and different things like that. Because I was reading an article that was saying that around the world, the internet is significantly faster because they don't have this type of corporate cable company control over the, the, the way that the internet is, is run. That it just doesn't exist around the world. And this, this is potentially a first step to making our internet much freer, much faster and, and, and really lowering prices, hopefully, because it's absurd. You can pay a lot of money for fucking internet access. Yeah, it, it opens the doors to competition too, because that way you don't have Verizon or Time Warner blocking 
Right. Anything. Well, I will say Verizon's great, by the way. I have Fios. Uh, it's very good. I, I like Verizon service. Now, the other reason, the other thing I wanted to bring up with this, of course, because Obama does a good thing, uh, Ted Cruz, the psycho, <laughs> comes out, and he's really upset about this, and he called this Obamacare for the internet. Like, th- this is no good. He He's really pissed off, and coincidentally... The cable companies are really upset about it. The National Cable and Telecommunications Association, they're, they're up in arms. They think this is unprecedented and that Obama is trying to take control over the Internet. It's like there's such pieces of shit. And, of course, Ted Cruz has the – he's agreeing with big business, right? Why, yeah. why wouldn't he? Because who's paying him, right? Yes, you're right. I can't believe that you're just not saying anything. And we already talked about it. Andy's a little glum right now. You you got to step into the void, Joey. This issue is clear cut. I'm sorry. I've been trying to. to be... You're doing great. It's not your fault. Okay. You're fine. Joey is just dead airing me over here, and I I can't believe it. I'm fanta- because I'm trying to look for a quote real quick, so I figured maybe you could carry it for 14 seconds. I'm fantastically happy that it came out and do this. I don't want. Verizon, Time Warner, or somebody to set all these prices when eventually no one can actually afford the uh, access to the internet. Yeah, well, yeah, it's a big deal. Whatever. I mean, you just took the air completely out of my sails. Well, I'll work on getting the air back in them, sir. Yeah, why don't you blow me? How about that? I don't appreciate that. Okay. Listen, this is about to get crazy because I'm going to bring up this Taylor (laughs) Taylor Swift thing. I'm really mad at Taylor Swift. I got to be honest with you guys. We talked about it last week where Taylor decided to take her all of her back catalog off of Spotify. And uh, hold on one second, actually. Oh, there we go. Okay. So she decided to take her her shit off Spotify. Her album sold like 1.2 million copies. And I I was wondering, because I think we said last week, like, don't take your shit off Spotify. What what are you doing? That's that was kind of what Matthew's thing was about the generational thing. It's not a generational thing, but it's like an us versus them type of mentality. And Taylor Swift is an us. I feel like she should be. She shouldn't uh, come down on the side of like big business, the music business and whatever. And there's a couple of quotes in here that really annoy me. And I'm sure they're going to irritate Andy, too. But um, so. Oh, and also I, I wrote a little note to myself on my rundown here. I said, fuck the Wall Street Journal, because you have to they make you pay now to read articles on there. I was trying oh. to read the whole thing that Taylor Swift wrote. I could only see the first paragraph, which I brought because it was irritating. This is as much as I can see before they decide to make you pay. She goes. Uh, where will the music music industry be in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years? Before I tell you my thoughts on the matter, you should know that you're reading the opinion of an enthusiastic optimist, one of the few living souls in the music industry who, and then it goes away. But yeah, I'm sure Taylor Swift is the only person in the music industry that thinks the music industry can still make money, right? Like, because uh, Def Jam and all these places, they're, they're just going to shut their doors. Oh my God, I hate her. Yeah, well, wait, you're going to get more mad, more annoyed. So... This is an article that has some select quotes from that. I would have liked to have read the whole article, but fuck the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Taylor Swift removed her back catalog from Spotify. Quote, all I can say is that music is changing so quickly. And the landscape of music, the, the landscape of the music industry itself is changing so quickly that everything new, like Spotify, all feels to me a bit like a grand experiment. And I'm not willing to contribute my life's work to an experiment that I don't feel fairly compensates the writers, producers, artists, and creators of this music. And I just don't agree with perpetuating the perception that music has no value and should be free. Music is art, and art is important and rare. Important, rare things are valuable. Valuable things should be paid for. It's my opinion that music should not be free, and my prediction is that individual artists and their labels will someday decide what an album's price point is. I hope they don't underestimate themselves or undervalue their art. Okay. Um, I just want to say a, a couple things. Okay. Okay. I think it's, um, I think it's fine for her to, uh, to think that, um, that she should be paid, that artists should be paid for their music. Right. I 100% agree with that. But... The only thing is, is um, she has a lot of money. I don't, I don't know how much she's worth, but I, I'm willing to bet it's somewhere in the neighborhood of at least twenty five million dollars. Oh, I mean, I think that'd be a conservative. I, I, I think so too. Um, she is at the point in her. Uh, it says two hundred million. So two hundred million. Yeah. Okay. She I, made fifty five was... million dollars last year and fifty three million in twenty twelve when her fucking music was on Spotify. Okay. So whoa, she's right, man. She should be making closer to seven hundred million. Fuck off, God, Andy. We're gonna. Uh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's the thing. 
She she tours arenas. Yeah. She doesn't play theaters. She tours arenas. Right. And she sells them out. Yeah. She's making probably, uh, I, I believe when you sell out arenas, you're making 250000 a show. Yeah, I, I think, think we I said, said that this on week. the last yeah. show. Um, put, uh, <laughs> put your music on Spotify yeah. just as a show of good faith to your fans and to every to everybody who supports you. Right. You know, um, like you're making enough. You're making enough, and truth be told, there are bands, musicians that work way harder than you that make way less. Yeah. There are bands that work way harder, have been working way harder for probably a lot longer, and they're still trying to make ends meet, probably still working a day job. Yeah, no doubt about it. So for you to sit here and say that you should be making more money when you're worth $200 million is just fucking disgusting. It is like, disgusting. It, yeah. it is. It's, it's the biggest show of like greed mm-hmm. and just being all about yourself and, well, I should be making more. How much more do you need? Right. How much more do you need to make you feel validated? Of course. For which, which, by the way, is what you've probably spent your career doing, judging by your songs and all, uh, like, whatever. We won't even get into that. But just be okay with how much you've made and be okay with giving your fans something right, for free. Right, doing the thing you they love. They pay you for everything else you do. Right. People pay you for everything you do in your life. Absolutely. Give them something for free. Give your fans something and don't complain about it. Right, absolutely. Well, and the other thing that really irritated me about this, she goes, music is art and art is important and rare. Fine. Fine. But that's fine. You're right. But, You're right about that. But I got two problems with this. A... Is Taylor Swift's music used to be closer art to me? The way that she would play guitar, she would sing and like yeah. write her own crap. Yeah, yeah. If you hear the new songs that are coming out, they are these overproduced, poppy, she didn't write them. No. They don't even sound like her singing anymore. Don't fucking get on your soapbox after you've made $200 million and you sold 1.2 million albums and come out and say that your art is so important and blah 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 is is radiohead's art not important to them they give right. their music away yeah they give their music away and and people and i'm not saying you have to do that but don't no, fucking no, no. get on a soapbox and pretend then get out there and defend all art don't, right i guarantee she wouldn't yeah. if there was some kind of uh well whatever i'm not even gonna give an example but it, it just this just struck the wrong fucking chord with me and it it comes across as greed yeah that's what it is and that's what i mean you're against the generation of people that understand that it's not just about making money it's about doing what you love it's about trying to get paid doing something that you think is important or helping other people and being a part of a society that can that can value sharing music yeah and, and, and just enjoying things and you're making 200 million dollars i didn't even realize that we just looked it yeah, up yeah yeah fuck you that and, really and, pisses me and off. the fact that and one thing one other thing i want to bring up is um one of my favorite bands is uh is CKY. People yeah. have probably heard of them. Yeah, we should probably play ninety six uh in the post. But anyway, um, so they actually unfortunately ended up uh breaking up because because of differences within the band. But one of the biggest things was the fact that they spend each one of their albums. They've put out four studio albums. Basically, take a year to create. Right. Basically a year with writing the music and recording the music and and everything that goes into it. And it's a masterpiece when they finish it. And one of the reasons they got upset about was that people steal it. And uh, Jess, the drummer, said he was like, one, like a quote from him was, if look, if you were building cars and if you spent like if you were building Rolls Royces and you spent six months to a year handcrafting this car and the second you put it on the lot it got stolen, you'd stop making cars. Fine, fair example. But these guys, the four of them in that band, they're not worth two hundred million dollars. Right? They're, you know. They've made some. They're able to live off of making music, but they're not. They're not anywhere even near the stratosphere of Taylor Swift. Right. I understand them getting upset about people stealing their music and saying, but even they 
put their music on Spotify right. and put it out there because uh, what matters most is their fans being able to hear their music. And they want you, sure, they want you to buy an album instead of stealing it, but it doesn't stop them from putting their music on Spotify, putting all of their, li- like their live concert videos out right. on YouTube and stuff like that. And, so, and, and they write all their music and right. they record all their music themselves. The guitar player, Chad yeah, Ginsburg, course. does it in his studio. Right. Do you know how many times Taylor Swift Taylor walks Swift, to the studio and they have a track laid out for her and they have she, lyrics and whatever? She walks into his studio with, with all of the music already recorded, the lyrics already written down for her. She goes into the vocal booth, sings, the lyrics are already written out for her, and then leaves. Right. And leaves in probably a Ferrari or a Bentley. Right. And, well, and, 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 and then they auto-tune it, they throw it into Pro Tools, and that's it. And then it's a hit yeah. a week later. Well, and here's the other thing, right? It's not a big deal. Like, good for her that she's made it to that level. But don't fucking act like you did it completely on your own artistic merit, and that's somehow because your music is on Spotify like every other fucking artist in, in the world that that's taking away from your ends. It's not. You you get paid from L'Oreal. You get paid from your, your concerts. You get paid you from, get paid from fucking everybody. Right, right. Fuck you. So don't come out and pretend like it's uh, about art because it's not about art. I have a question for Taylor Swift. If she could just make enough money to pay rent and have her basic life, would she still do music? If the answer is yes, then shut your fucking mouth about this crap because you're making plenty of money. I, I maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's not about the art for Taylor Swift. Maybe it's about the money, and it seems certainly that way. I don't think she'd be happy just make if she was popular but was making you know uh, whatever five grand a month or whatever yeah. it was. Would she still be doing it? Would she still be taking the stand? No, no. I bet she wouldn't. Be. She wouldn't. And it fucking irritates me. This is the shit that irritates me, Joey. She's younger than us. She should fucking get it. But you know what? She comes from uh, like probably a really she comes from a pretty wealthy background i feel like her dad had something to do with stocks or whatever yeah, bullshit. yeah. and you know fine you you if that's what it's about but don't come out and then criticize the fact that other people have make other decisions because they're not making the amount of money that she is and pretend that it's art it's not stop it it's not yeah, art just stop what, what are you doing what are you da vinci Fucking yeah knock stop it pretending uh, i'm sorry Joe. yeah no it's like, produced pop music you, yeah you're not it's produced you're not pop music the world. that you didn't write you didn't produce you didn't do fucking anything you went to the studio for an hour and recorded your vocal of a song that somebody already wrote for you. Fuck you. See, for me, it's simple. If I had Taylor Swift sitting in the chair across from me, I would just ask her one question. Okay. As an artist, what do you feel is a fair price point for your album? Well, that's, yeah. Well, because she goes, maybe one day artist, individual artists and their labels. If some artists don't have labels, like she's missing the point that that is where the industry is going and that's where art in modern society is going. You don't, need a label no, no everything is diy now right everything is diy and, and that's the best way that's it, the best way it's yeah gonna, you're gonna produce the best your truest represent representation of what you want to say your music whatever it is but taylor swift is not interested in doing that she'd rather have uh whoever is producing her albums but because her music is greatly changed from last yeah. album to this album it used to be that kind of country pop mm-hmm. where she was playing guitar she was writing the lyrics fine that's a di- that's maybe a different story yeah. than this album that's coming out where it's very heavily produced it's pop music well it, it's a completely different fucking and animal a, as we talked about in the last episode basically she went from being a musician to now she's an entertainer right yeah she, and, and yeah. she was always kind of an entertainer but now she's made that drastic jump to where right. she's no longer a musician she's just an entertainer and that's fine we're not getting mad at you about that. No, you that's go, not the problem. Go, go ahead. Like, make your money, do your thing. But don't you dare fucking complain about artistic integrity and all that bullshit right. when you gave all of that up right. for, the, for the money a long time ago. No doubt about it. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Fuck you with your artistic integrity. That, that's absurd. It's absurd. And Joey, before the podcast, he had a lot to say about it. He's like, oh, she's a sweetheart. I love her. God, defend her. You can't defend her. It's annoying. No, it's just very like what simple. she looks like. That's, besides what she looks <laughs> like, she feels, and a lot of people feel, that she is an artist. Who does? Who yeah, feels who that way? Feels the that one way. Her, her million people that fans? bought the album. So yeah, you, the 12-year-old girls who don't right. understand what music the, even you is. You can absolutely not equate popular opinion of something as the thing that legitimizes it as art. Uh, you know what happened? To, remember Van Gogh, the painter? Mm-hmm. He died with one ear in a crazy house. 
yeah, at no the end money. of his life. Nobody bought his out al- his paint his albums. His albums were terrible. His paintings were great. Nobody bought them. And then now we look at him as a absolute goddamn genius. Oh, one quick thing. Yeah. I have uh, Albert Einstein guitar demos. I will bring them in next week. Are you serious? One hundred percent. Oh, I would that's awesome. Absolutely love to hear that. They're awful, like Bob Dylan esque shit. But I'll <laughs> oh bring them God. in. Yeah. All right. Yeah, done. Yeah. That's happening. Okay. I really want to hear that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Okay. Look, I I hope we get some feedback on that. But I, I I'm sure we will. I hope we do. And listen, we are we would love to talk to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, you hear this? Yeah. Fucking come on in. Come I'll, in. I'll treat you well. I won't yell at you. But let's have a discussion about this because I don't like your uber capitalist, uh, irritating point of view. Yeah, Joey might you know be making you uncomfortable with his eyes throughout the thing, but but that's it. Come in and sit in studio, and uh, we'll treat you nicely. We just want to have an honest, open discussion about how you feel about the music industry. And maybe if the goddamn Wall Street Journal would have let me read the rest of what she wrote, maybe we get some more thoughts on it. But So if anybody does have a fucking Wall Street Journal subscription, (laughs) send me the article. What if the the whole thing was her apologizing? (laughs) The the, the third line is like, but anyway, I'm just kidding. No, seriously. But anyway, I'm just kidding, and I feel really bad about it. (laughs) Well, if that's the case, then I'll Then then we're not posting this episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm going to crawl back into the little hole I came from. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's fine. The next thing I wanted to bring up is this has been such a huge thing over the last couple of days, the Kim Kardashian paper magazine shoot where she uh, does full frontal nudity, which I have to say, and you know what? Before we even get into it, because I'm hearing in my own brain that this is going to be like really hypocritical that I'm going to yell at Taylor Swift, but then I'm going to defend Kim Kardashian or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, the, it's totally different because Kim Kardashian has never made any bones about being an artist or whatever. No. She is the primest example of what a quote celebrity is. She, that is her job. Let's do and the Kim she K. She does it well. The Kim K quote. What do you you do? You have what you're talking uh, about, or what do you want it? me to look for it? Uh, yeah, keep talking. I'll, I'll find okay. it. Well, anyway, so, but if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's a, if you go to papermag.com, you'll find it pretty uh, easily. So it's uh, Kim Kardashian, Break the Internet was like her, uh, you know, her, her whatever. That's like the title. The photo shoot? Her photo oh, shoot. okay. I have the quote. Go for it. Um, okay. Kim Kardashian, the reason we all love her here on the Mansamp podcast. Aside from her beautiful face, gigantic Man, titties, and wonderful ass. ass. Um, she said, right when uh, the paper mag thing came out on November 11th, she said, quote, and this is a tweet, and they say, I didn't have a talent. Try balancing a champagne glass on your ass. LOL. We love you, Kim Kardashian. Yeah, delightful. <laughs> the picture that uh, that quote is in reference to, Jean-Paul Gaud, I believe is how you pronounce it. I don't know. I'm an uncultured moron, but he... Uh, used to take he took a photo of grace jones the famous singer and poet and everything from back in the day where she was naked and she was doing the same thing where she was shooting champagne up over her head in a in an arc and it was landing in a glass that was balanced on the top of her bottom and uh kim kardashian took the same photo great she looks great and then if you continue down the article whoops kim's tits are out she looks terrific whoa she's all baby oiled she looks great you keep scrolling down there's her bare ass. It looks huge. It looks good to me. It's you know what? I know it's fake, and I don't and, know and, how and, fake it is. No, no, no. It's it's one hundred percent fake because her gr- ass. Yes, because no. yes, because girls, uh, girls who watch the TV show apparently like it's a known thing, and it's not known to guys, which is the funniest thing to me because we don't ever watch the TV shows or no, anything. God, I wouldn't. Know. Oh God, no. Uh, I'd rather get stabbed in the eyes with a, a rusty. Kanye's uh, for adult listening. Spoon. Kim's for looking. Exactly. But <laughs> but appara- apparently every girl, anytime you bring up Kim's ass, they're like, it's fake. Fine. No, I don't. I, disagree I, I them, refuse to believe yeah. it. Yeah. But fine. Like, if that's what makes you feel better, whatever. Right, but well, what does it we love. Oh, my God. Yeah, I yeah. see that. Well, now I scroll down to the last one. See, this is perking Andy up a little bit. I, I, I yeah. scroll down to the last oh, one. I feel so much better. Good. You brought up Taylor Swift argument. <laughs> you let me shit on Taylor Swift. Yeah. And you brought me Kim Kardashian. Uh, dude, I, I, I'm picks. here for you, baby. All right. So I brought the picture of Kim Kardashian who uh, looks extremely confident. She's got her dress down around her thighs. She has her beautifully shaven uh, body on display, her breasts. She looks wonderful. I'm very proud of her. And I'm very proud of Kanye West for marrying her. Well done. (laughs) Joey? This upsets me. Wow. 
You are on the wrong side of history, my friend. No, because, see, to me, this just is objectifying women. Yeah, and, but, but, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because a lot of, like, feminist arguments are about, um, sex, being sex positive, being whatever, a powerful woman. And, and some of the, articles that were written about the taylor swift thing where it was like is this the new wave of feminism no no it's not the new ways of wave of feminism it's a new wave of capitalism if anything it's just a chick just like the other one from west virginia it's just a girl like regurgitating the old boys club logic of how things work kim kardashian's different and here's why she has full control over her image she did not have to do this photo shoot she makes no bones about this being the way that she makes her money and uh, what, 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 what did you say? I'm sorry. I, I kind of lost my train of thought. What, what was your... I said that oh, this... I, yes. It's objectifying women if this was all orchestrated by men. I guarantee that Kim Kardashian was intimately involved with the setup of this thing, with what she was going to wear, how she was going to look. She worked with an artist Dude, to have an artistic she, photo done. It's not, it's not objectifying women. She it's looks not. amazing. So she, does, at, she looks great. So and at, on top of that, a lot of people... She just had a kid. Yeah. Oh, she looks great. And on top of that, a lot of people would complain that the media is always perpetuating these like stick figure models. Kim Kardashian's not a stick figure. No. She's no. got a little meat on her bones, and everybody who's being honest likes it. You know what? Uh, just a funny quote. Sure. Nine out of ten dudes. Uh, there's a study done that says uh, nine out of ten guys prefer a woman with curves. Right. And uh, the uh, the one guy who doesn't prefers the nine out of ten guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's it's always very it's very weird when uh, d- guys are extremely into like really thin chicks. Why? Like, so what are you doing? You, why like, would I want a chick who like has the same body as body? me? Yeah, exactly. Right. So what's the deal with the trash bag? It's not a trash bag, you dummy. It's a sequence it's a, uh, it's a dress. It's a sequence gown. Oh, okay. Do you believe this guy? He, he like loves Taylor Swift. He thinks, he thinks Kim Kardashian West is wearing a trash bag. You're, 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 you're a fucking trash We're bag. All, uh, by the way, uh, look, look at our Instagrams later. We're all going to take a picture in front of this uh, oh, okay, great. Kim Kardashian That's at perfect. the end of the show. Kim loves selfies. We'll take one with her. Yep. Nice. Uh, do you guys got any other thoughts about that? I just thought it was worthwhile talking about it because it, it definitely garnered the attention she wanted. And say what you want about her. It's fucking impressive that this one could post a picture on Instagram and it gets like a million likes. I get 10 likes. Oh, I think it's over a million likes. Yeah, I mean... Doesn't she have like 5 million uh, followers? In an article, she has 25 million Twitter followers or something, which is more than... Hold on, I have her her, uh, Instagram up right now. She has 21,457,985 Instagram followers. How many of them are bots? That is my question. Dude, even if it's half, who gives a shit? And it's not half, I guarantee No, there's no way. Here's a quote at the end of this article, and I think it's worthwhile reading the article, and I I love this quote because it, it, it flies in the face of what Taylor Swift is doing. This is more feminism than what Taylor Swift is doing. The ending quote of the article, Kim Kardashian, I love sharing my world with people, Kardashian tells me, the writer of the article, and I detect no hint of falseness. That's just who I am. No more, no less. Correct. She's not pretending to be a hero to you. She's not pretending to be a genius. She's not pretending to be anything except an attractive chick who makes her living being attractive, being luxurious. And that's it, man. And on top of that, she's giving you what you want as a guy. Like, I definitely would like to see all celebrities naked, men and women. And Kim Kardashian's doing it for me. Great. When the whole celebrity leaks thing came out, mm-hmm. yeah, there was a shitload more of Jennifer Lawrence and she called it a sex crime. We talked about that. Kim Kardashian, a couple of pictures of her leaked. Do you know what she said about it? Nothing. Nothing. Because it doesn't hurt her. It's not going to hurt her at all. It helps her. No. She's embracing the fact that she's a celebrity. You don't hear her complaining about it. They're actually, in the article, she was talking about she took Northwest, uh, her, Kanye, and, and the kid went to go pumpkin picking. Aww. And obviously that's going to be, yeah, it's cute the fun little family thing it was a spectacle obviously everywhere she goes there's going to be cameras and whatever right she saw that the kid wasn't enjoying it and in the article it's like it seemed like she was about to start complaining about it and she immediately was like but i'm not complaining about it she's like that's just the world i live in yeah and we left that's it oh. great that's the way you handle it and you, i'd love to handle you you voluptuous beauty I, i'm uh going through kim kardashian's instagram right now yeah it's a great it's has a anybody trope. seen her uh, halloween pictures no Oh Maybe you guys God. should check it out. Maybe we'll get these up. Let's see. Oh, That's so impressive. hot. She's look, she dressed, I did see that. She dressed like a skeleton. Kim Kardashian, if you're ever... Well, you're, you're in New York a lot. 
actually. Right. We would love to have you on the show. And Kanye and whoever you want to Kanye bring. West can come, I guess. I love Kanye. Uh, I'm a big fan yeah, of Kanye. Yeah, too. no, no, no. I am yeah. too. Um, that's fine. He he. Oh, he doesn't like Taylor Swift either. That's right. Yes. Yes. It all comes full circle. It's all full circle. <laughs> Boom. All right. Come. Yes. Yeah. Kim and Kanye, please both come over here. Come to the studio and be on our show. Do you please? understand how happy it makes me that that just wrapped around to the fact that Kanye Kanye took the mic? Like Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Taylor Swift. Yeah, fuck it's you. It's over. Taylor Swift, ugh, you are now a target on this show. Everything you do, I'm just going to be all over it. I'll be fair, but I'm going to be all over it. Yeah. All right, so great. The Kim Kardashian thing, that was terrific. Guys, I'm going to give you a choice. We're at about 50 minutes here. We got maybe another 20 minutes to go if we want. Um, no. I brought... Some commercials, because this is something that I use. That I really uh, commercials drive me insane. I brought three thirty-second commercials uh, just to kick this thing off that I really hate, and we could talk about why I hate them. Then I have a couple other articles that we could get to. We might not get to all of them. Do you think we should go into the commercial thing, or, or what do you, what do you think here? I'm gonna say yes on the commercials. You like the commercials? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, and and he's <laughs> indifferent about it, but let's do it. Uh, these are three commercials that I absolutely hate. Uh, the first one I saw the other day and can I just say this? One of the reasons why I actually can't stand commercials, it's that they try to reflect a level of reality back at you, even though it's so contrived and it's obviously a room full of jerk offs coming up with, excuse me, the best way to sell a Budweiser, you know, but they try to reflect back reality to you mm-hmm. and yeah, they present oh, these like false premises God, that are just yeah. uh, ugh, they're just disgusting to me i fucking hate commercials so joey Bef- go ahead before you play that w- would you consider for us uh premise me drinking and getting laid uh, well i don't know what yeah, do you mean what, what are you talking about? about well because usually when i see beer commercials that's what i see going on it's a bunch of guys at a club drinking getting, no you don't that's not true you don't what beer commercial shows people at a club getting laid no, but it but implies a party. To be yeah, fair it's to Joey, it doesn't. A lot of these commercials imply like sex in them. Kind of, kind of. I mean, oh, n- just or just more of the no, but that's, the we're all guys going out together. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's pick right, up. Right, but that's tricks. a fucking dumb false premise where it's like exactly. let's have a couple of buds and we're gonna get into that. No, uh, if if a beer commercial, if something that is a. I would say basically a necessity at a party or something, a party atmosphere. You're going to have alcohol, probably weed, God willing, it'll be legal. And we'll see some commercials about that. God willing. Uh, but yeah, that's less of a false premise, but that's not really All what right. I'm talking about. But okay. So if weed becomes legal, will you stop passing judgment on people? You think I pass judgment on people? How you, do I pass judgment on people? Oh, do you really want to get Yeah, good. What do you mean? Okay. So the other night we had we had a little bit of an issue here. Oh, well, first of all, okay. Oh, I, I know what you're going to say. I was okay. editing a show. It was my fault. Um, we we had an issue. We the lo- Weed News. We you lost can say the Weed footage. News with Mike Yeah, Cannon. I was editing the Weed News with Mike Cannon. Theweednews.com. Theweednews.com. We lost a, a little bit of footage. Uh, just some things got fucked up. And uh, and I was really freaking out about it. It was uh, probably the most scared I've ever been in a work situation. I was terrified, basically, and uh, it was really a tough night for me. And uh, and Chris was Chris was great. He was here to help me out, and um, and and everything ended up working out. But at the end of the night, when we were about to leave, I was like, uh, I I was just talking to him, and I was like, Yeah, man. Uh, I like I really need to like get up and and get away from the computer for a second like organize my thoughts because that's a big thing about editing. No true. About like it. Yeah, you need yeah. to stand up and and get away. from I the think street. it's good to go as hard as you can for a little bit and then you get to a point you go all right because stop for a second. To know. be to be fair, I had been in front of of that computer screen that project for about five hours. Yeah, yeah, point. which is that's a lot. You, yeah. Every like two hours, maybe you got to get up. Yeah, you need get a up, break. Go but, walk but, I, but I didn't. And so, but what had happened? What had we, happened was what had happened was is we did a beer tasting. Uh-huh. Uh, for, we all did. We all did. I got Everybody drunk for did. sure. Yeah, doing it, it was great. <laughs> and, but and then and then we happened to have a volcano in the office. A, a, for those of you not in the know, it's a uh, vaporizer it's a for vaporizer. marijuana, yeah. and it works really well. 
Yeah, it does. Best machine. And ever and the biggest thing is about this, and this will just be quick. I used to be an everyday smoker. I'm not anymore. The thing about when you were an everyday smoker for a very long time is you assume your tolerance sticks around, but it yes. doesn't. But anyway, right. that is that's neither here nor there. I took like two hits, but whatever. Uh, so <laughs> when I was done, as when we were leaving for the night, and we had figured everything out. I was like, I was telling Chris, I was like, yeah, man, thank you so much. I just, I need to learn to obviously duplicate my sequences, but get up and and get away from it for a second. And Chris goes, yeah, man, well, you know, like you you got to do that, and then uh, you know, you do a beer tasting, and uh, the volcano's going. You you just gotta. You, I don't forget what you said, but you threw those two <laughs> things in there that was like, well, it was yeah, passing yeah, yeah. judgment. Um. It's yeah. I I knew that you, I knew that you thought that that was the case. Absolutely not. I would be such a hypocrite. I smoke weed. I used to smoke a lot more of it. I still smoke, yeah. and I have no problem with it. I think it should be legal. It's great. Um, but you, but but let me just say, okay, the, because what we were talking about essentially was like being distracted, right? Yes. So I'm not. I've smoked weed and, and edited, and it's great. It can work yeah. really well because you get really focused, and I think it's a good tool to use sometimes. But, yeah, if you're drunk and you get high on top of that and you're talking and whatever, you're going to maybe make a mistake. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying oh, yeah. that's something to think about. When yeah, you're that's what it was. Right. You go, you go. yeah, man, you know, we do a beer tasting and the volcano's going. It's easy to get distracted. And yeah, I was but that's just like. No, but I'm not passing judgment. You Look, if you can handle it, great. But you can't say that it may maybe on the slightest one percent scale didn't have a little something to do. That's all I'm saying. No, it and and I think I think on top of that, I think it's less about what whatever you're smoking or whatever. It's when other people are in the room yeah, and you're all smoking yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you're bullshitting and whatever. Then it becomes because with weed it's a tricky thing. If you are doing something as you're smoking, you're gonna stay doing that thing. Right. Yeah. If you stop doing that thing for a little bit and then you're talking or whatever and then you try to go back to the thing, you your brain is not focusing on, on exactly. two things. So and, that's uh, all I meant. I don't mean to make you feel bad. Smoke all you want. No, I, no, no. I think it's but, but I don't and that's the biggest thing right. is but but you did I, the, and the reason I brought that up was you passed judgment on Joe, remember? Because he said something. He was like, you're, I forget what the instance <laughs> was, but do you remember what I'm I, talking about? I don't about, remember right? exactly. Oh, you, right. you don't? No. Oh, okay. Well, he walked in and you said something to him and he was like, that's that judgment. Oh, I remember you him saying always, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. I don't yeah, but remember he's full of shit. I don't think I yeah. judge all the time. I don't you think do. I'm doing that. You do. You do it in small. You do it at, like a mom would do it. You do it in very like. <laughs> like a loving mom. And, yeah, a loving mom. But you do it in very like passive aggressive instances where you shit, just I'm like have say something and we're like. Really? Fuck, well, maybe man. I'm not intending to mean it like that. Well, well I, I apologize if I make you feel bad, but no, well, you do. But do I? <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, you I'm make not... me feel bad, but it's only because I care about you so much as a friend, and and I do like really value your opinion. Oh and, well, I apologize. Yeah. Well, I don't mean to make you feel bad. That's fine. no, I you know should just you be don't. like fuck. I know you don't, you but yeah. but actually, I feel like it helps me as a person when you do that. Because okay. I'm like, because well, I think about things and I'm like, would Chris approve of this? He probably wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's definitely the message of this podcast. Think about me before you do anything. Yeah. I, think I about wanna, Chris before yeah, you do anything. I, well, I want to be the, uh, the the tastemaker of everything. What would Chris do? What yeah, would Chris exactly, do? Exactly, right. Ah. Chris, so close to Christ. New so tattoo idea. Um, well, okay, well, whatever. So I, <laughs> I apologize if you think I'm passing judgment a lot. I don't think I am, but I guess because that's me, I don't notice if I am. Call me out on it. That's fine. Uh, because I don't want to be doing that. Like, I think it's just, uh, and particularly about this thing with the editing, I literally meant it just to be a thing of like for you to keep in mind when you're doing it. Like, I, I know, it, I know. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to make it. I know why you did it. So. Okay, well that's fine. So we cleared the air a little bit. Do you guys, do you guys want to talk about these commercials now or what? Uh, yeah. Sure. All right, let's do it. The first commercial is a Budweiser commercial, and it's entitled "Round Up Your Buds," and it just annoys me. And uh, we're about to play it, so here comes the Budweiser "Round Up Your Buds" commercial. Ugh, my computer! Come on. One, two, three. All right, this one goes out to my friends, Randy, Tamara, Lydia. I hate the way that girl yells, Lydia! Yeah. Oh, I want to run up my butt, Lydia! Hollywood. I haven't seen you guys in six years, so I propose that y'all come down here. Play old table tennis. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys, that's the herd call. Remember that? Nope. 
It's sad how much I miss you people. Really need one of your hugs. Also bring your sister. I'm just kidding. That was just one. Ugh, like, oh, that's hilarious. That yeah. guy fucked your sister. Yeah, that guy fucked He's implying he fucked your sister one time. Well, now come here him. and drink a beer with me. Ugh, shut yeah. up. If you could grab a bud with any of your friends these holidays, who would it be? None. I don't have any friends. They all think that I'm a judgmental fuck. <laughs> Nobody wants to hang out with me anymore. I was just going to say, if I could grab a beer with anybody, it'd be you. Aww. Yeah, I feel the same way. Hashtag round up your buds. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that commercial annoys me. That's just a quick one. I just got like an annoying one right out of the way real quick. The second one is uh, the Jared Jewelry Company. This one's called New Boss. Oh. Uh, have you seen it? Is Jared a thing out? Oh, no, it is. I was like thinking he went about, to Jared. I was thinking about Shane. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay. Uh, this is uh, this one's called New Boss, and it's this like uh, annoying wife with her husband. These commercials are notoriously irritating. They're so that. aggravating. Yeah. And there's one that's on a plane that maybe I'll bring in that really annoyed me. But anyway, the setup is this wife and husband are at a party with the husband's new boss, who's a woman, and her husband. And from across the room, they spot the boss, and then the wife tells the husband some information. And oh, here we go. God. That's your new boss? Yeah. Your boss loves the beach. Really? She's been to London, Paris, and her son plays baseball. You psychic? No. I speak Pandora. <laughs> now they wave at each other. Oh, it's a Pandora bracelet. Celebrate life's unforgettable moments with a fabulous selection of Pandora charms and bracelets, including these charms exclusively at Jared, the Galleria of Jewelry, telling her life story with just a turn of the wrist. You're good. I know. That's why. Ugh, that's why you went to Jared. I have no problem with the bracelet. That's fine. The commercial is just so repugnant to me where it's like, I know, I'm smart. I can read jewelry. I can't stand the name of it. See, to what, me, the Pandora? No, Pandora. See, to me, Pandora is supposed to be something bad, like Pandora's box. Well, no, it's You shouldn't service. open it. Well, it's bad if you're Taylor Swift. She probably doesn't want her shit on Pandora either. Bitch. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that, that commercial really aggravates me. This is the one, though. This is the coup de grace that I brought, and I, I hate this one, and it's been out for a long time. It's a Dairy Queen commercial, and it's called Fan I have my food. own issue with Dairy Queen, by the way. Yeah, and Andy can get into that in a minute, but yeah. let's play this commercial real quick. Some jerk off dancing. I know. You go to DQ, you're thinking Blizzard. But here's a little best kept secret: the DQ chicken strip basket. They call it whole tenderloin. I call it hashtag delicious. Do you? Do you call it hashtag delicious? Do you just walk around in your non-sex life, calling, go, saying hashtag about everything? Oh, hashtag car. Hashtag I'm an hashtag asshole. This hashtag. Yeah, I'm shut a up. Oh, is it hashtag delicious? Fucking. They marinate them up, season them five times, flavor inside and out. How the hell do you know? By the way, they told him. Yeah, he's intimately involved. That's what I mean. It's like they try to reflect. Like I'm just a big fan. It's I apologize. Yeah, he's just he's just eating a DQ. And Hashtag he knows the chicken recipe. process. Hashtag right. I'm a douche. Crispy chicken chips are so good. They're like blizzard good. Is that too far? Not at all, Alan. Yeah, it was way too far. Ah, we don't have to finish it, but he goes. Uh, Oh, it's blizzard good. And then he makes this jerky face. And then it's like, was that too far? Not at all. Alan, the, the announcer comes in like this faux reality that the announcer of Dairy Queen knows this jackass who thinks it's way too far to, to even compare the chicken strips to blizzard. And the guy's like, no, 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 no. They're that good. They're blizzard yeah. good. Shut up. It's so irritating. And you have to see it over and over again. It's like getting kicked in the head by an annoying Ugh, it's just so irritating to me. Joe, you you like that commercial? I think it's great. Uh, Why? He said, Why listen, he said great? Blizzard, and I will relate that to the uh, Dairy Queen. I treat Blizzard. I get that. But I'm that's... About, uh, oh, forget it, Joe. You're so aggravating. Yeah. You're as aggravating as that commercial. Hashtag winning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then you make it all okay. Um, I, Andy's got a story about Dairy Queen. I don't think we have time to get into it this No, episode. we don't. We'll, we'll I almost got arrested at Dairy Queen one time for doing absolutely nothing but standing in line Truly trying to for get doing ice cream nothing. for yeah. my family. Yeah, he was being a good son. He went to get I some ice cream. was just being a good guy. So, that, fuck Dairy Queen. Fuck you, Dairy So, anyways, Queen. those three commercials I hate. If you guys have commercials you hate, please send them to us and I'd possibly talk about them. Because uh, chances are, I hate them too. Yeah. And if I don't hate them, I'll find a way to. But yeah, I'm ready for a uh, for a Chesterfield. So let's get out of here. Oh wow! Okay, can we actually get to one more time? It's very quick. It's just a sound clip, real quick. Um, Joey, this is a t- you want to introduce this topic? This is something that you brought up uh, that I that I, we both coincidentally have this topic. Yeah the uh, the topic was about uh, uh, what, what Rosetta Rosetta. Rosetta. Rosetta, yeah. Yeah, Rosetta, which is the name of the European probe that landed on Comet 69, I think. 
I don't know, but we'll just call it Comet 69. <laughs> I like Comet 69. It was the Philae Lander makes historic Comet touchdown. So I think the Comet's Rosetta or something like yeah, that. Okay. But the, the thing is called the Philae Lander. What's awesome. interesting about it, well, first of all, this is like a uh, this is a stepping stone to eventually how we would try to get to Mars if we were going to. Okay. We would land on a, a comet or something and then from that bounce off onto Mars because we can't make a straight shot probably, they don't think. Yeah. So this is like a historic thing. The interesting thing that I wanted to bring about it is um, they recorded sound from the Philae lander. And they had to obviously increase the pitch quite a bit because it wasn't f- mm-hmm. for human ears. But it's this really weird, they're calling it a comet song. And it's very strange. And I, I just wanted to play it. Before you do. Is you, it a Taylor Swift song? <laughs> no, it's be- significantly better than that. Okay, good. Um, At least they wrote it themselves. Yeah, the comet is a brilliant songwriter. Yeah. Isn't there something about a vacuum and you can't have sound in space or something? I thought... I thought that was true too. Well, if you're really close to it, it because it's the magnetic field, so it's like a different thing. I don't really know how that works. Oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not smart at all, but it's not actually sound like like we would perceive sound, but it's something to do with the magnetic fields or whatever with the equipment, and somehow. It, all right, it, so it, somehow it, they made a sound. Yeah. Okay. And they, so anyway, so here's the sound of the Philae Comet, uh, the Philae Comet song, which I thought was really fucking creepy. It's like what you think that alien sound would sound like. That's the sound they really got from it. It's increased. The pitch is increased, but that's the sound. Sounds like wind. Well, that sounds like wind, but that little like Mm. clicking sound is weird, right? I was listening to it last night and I was like, whoa, it's kind of like weirdly hypnotic. I'm kind of being entranced by this thing. All right. Anyway, that's fine. I just wanted to bring that. That's scary. It's a little scary, right? The, uh, Shit, I had one... Fuck, I had one more... Oh, yeah. So, okay. So that's the end of the episode, basically. We've gone through everything. Um, I did want to say uh, thank you, Andy, for being here today. I really appreciate it under difficult circumstances. You did a great job, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, thank you both for being super supportive and everybody at our office. Um, and I, I tried. I, I think I you did, did a great okay job. job. You did a great job. Uh, a great job. energy. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry guys that I didn't like bring any stories or anything today, but, uh, I, I really had fun and, uh, it was nice to, uh, to just be like out of everything for an hour. Yeah, so absolutely. Thank you. Thank you guys. Both. No problem, but thank you. Anytime. Um, so listen, if you guys want to like talk to us at all, please feel free. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, our Twitters, I'm at man Samp and he's a underscore Lozy L O Z Z I. And Joey is at Joey from Jersey, Jersey with a Z. Um, you can also send us comments, obviously, on the SoundCloud. That's great. You can email us at mandatorysampson at gmail.com. And please do me a favor. Go on iTunes, rate, subscribe. Just download some of the episodes because it will keep us on the charts. That would be just spectacular. Incredibly. And I wanted to end this episode. I brought this uh, clip. It's a song. This guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's a uh, he's like a rapper and a poet and a mu- musician who writes songs about – uh, politics and history and it's really nice. interesting he has a song about alexander hamilton that fucking rules it's really really good i really enjoy it and uh I, the reason i why i wanted to bring it is because i started watching new york a documentary film it's this eight-part pbs documentary that did about oh, new york yeah. which is fucking great i'm yeah. only two parts in but it's amazing and alexander hamilton i think is like an unsung hero of this country particularly of new york he was responsible for a lot of the early founding of of the city and everything mm-hmm. um so yeah and this song like really gets into like what a genius he was and why it was great so you guys will uh, stick around enjoy it it's, I think it's really good and there's a video too you can find but you can just listen to the song so anyway thank you very much this has been the fifth episode of the Mandatory Samson Podcast we love all the comments we love that you guys are listening and we love doing this so we're going to continue doing it we're going to end with this, with some applause and then we're going to end with this Alexander Hamilton song we love you guys we will talk to you all next week <laughs>